All right. After a little bit of a hiatus, we are back for T's and TDs. I apologize. The uh, the work, the real world job got in the way uh, a little bit of this side hustle. But, you know, you got to come back for Masters Week. It's like the Super Bowl if you're a golf fan. Uh, here we are. Very, very much looking forward to this conversation. We've got Jack Hirsch back on. We had Jack on uh, for our Pebble Beach preview, gave us some good insights uh, about the course, and uh, Tom Hoagie uh, was not on either of our radars uh, for that for that week. But uh, it was good to chat with him. And uh, Jack, I appreciate you coming back on uh, Tees and TDs to talk a little Masters. How you doing? I'm glad you invited me back. Considering no, neither of us thought of uh, Tom Hoagie to win that week. Not that yeah. it was obvious, but you know. <laughs> well, he, he's my favorite for this week. So no, I'm just kidding. But uh, who knows? He, he's been striking his irons. Well, he could have a, a good, uh, a good week considering how important that is around Augusta. I think I've so. got a, I think, you know, I think I've, you know, I won't say it now, but I think I've got a player kind of in that mold for, we go. for this week. So, yeah. all right. So here's what we're going to do. We got to do a little tiger talk. I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> necessary. Uh, and then we'll go over just a couple of picks guys that we like guys that we don't like and uh, a little chatter about the course couple of long shotty kind of guys and we'll uh we'll get you out of here on that so um let's jump straight into into tiger the the very latest is the needle he, he has indicated that he's going to play a lot of dialogue about whether or not tiger still moves the needle and the consensus in the golf world based on the galleries that we saw on a monday practice round is that tiger he is, is the needle the needle exactly <laughs> heck i've i've seen so much i've seen more chatter about the fact that he's wearing foot joys instead of nike's uh than well, than i've heard totally about tom hoagie for example we uh, were at this talking golf about course. it in my newsroom i'm not sure about yours but we were talking about that in my newsroom um and i'm pretty much mainly the only i mean the conversation may have been driven by me but you know <laughs> well tell me this just uh you know it feels like everything I have seen and, and all the social media posting is like, it's a mix of just being stoked that he's out there seeing how really strong he looks, especially with his upper body, uh, getting a couple glimpses at the way he's swinging the club. You know, I, I don't think we're going to get like a, a Fred couples quote after he plays a practice round with him and says, yeah, he's not all the way back there, but I think he'll put a good effort out. Like, you know, Tiger says he's gonna, he's gonna play if he can compete. He was asked yesterday. He thinks he can compete. Uh, I guess my question is, do you think he can compete? You know, I, 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 I really think that if he's playing, he thinks he can win. That's what he's always said. And we're, t we're not just talking about anyone. We are talking about Tiger Woods, possibly the greatest competitor, greatest, you know, the, so many goat level statuses here. Uh, and I really think he thinks he can win. And, you know, I, the, the only question, and, and it's, it's so silly to think about, but if this tournament was, if he could ride a cart, if he, if this wasn't at Augusta national where the, the Hills are insane, it, it, I really think this would be a lot less of a question because we saw how he played at the PNC where he got to take a cart and it was a flat golf course. And, and we saw how like the shot he was still able to hit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now, you know, he's not going to play 18 holes before at Augusta except, you know, last week when he flew out there with JT and Charlie and somehow Charlie got to skip school for that. Maybe he was on spring break. I don't know, <laughs> but um, we have, he won't have played 18 holes this week until Thursday. 
And so really the question is, what is his, what is his lower body? Not just that the right leg that was injured. What's his whole lower body going to feel like? Because I, you know, just for me and, you know, I had a minor knee injury this winter and just, just getting back to, to walking a golf course and even on my flat golf, you know, fairly flat golf course here in Bend, you know, just walking a golf course after taking time off from not walking a golf course, it's a big difference, you know, in, and that's not to say I haven't been doing lower body workouts or I have been skiing all winter, just, you know, taking it from my perspective, a non-professional athlete, but just looking at it in the way of what happens every, every spring when golfers start walking golf courses again, you feel it. You know, I don't, I could tell you right now on April 5th, right now, I wouldn't be confident to play 36 holes in one day right now. But if, you know, you ask me two months down the road when I've been constantly walking 18 holes, you know, I'd probably be totally down for that. You know, that's, that is an issue though. If, it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but if there is some sort of major weather delay and they got to play 27 or God forbid 36 holes in a day, that's a problem for him. But yeah. I think there's the real question is what's he going to be like walking 18 holes at Augusta, which is not flat in any regards. I really, um, I was on a podcast when he had it, the accident and the, the guy who was hosting it was kind of asking me, you know, do we think we'll he'll ever play again? And I was like, that accident looks so bad. I was like, I'm just glad he's alive. Like Kobe's death kind of, you know, traumatized me a bit and, and shook me because I loved Kobe so much. Um, but, you know, I I wasn't sure. I, part of me felt like he would play again. I never thought that was really up in up for debate in my mind, despite some of the sort of the stuff that he said, uh, like about a couple months ago. But I, I'm just... I just tiger with galleries at Augusta just feels right. And it, and it's, it's an element of this weekend that just makes me so much more excited. Do I think he'll make the cut? Yeah. I could see a world where he makes the cut. It's it's tiger at Augusta and it's, it's not the most challenging cut to make in a limited field where over half will, will make it. Uh, but I, I definitely, you know, see a world where he makes this weekend just that much better and I'm excited to watch him. So I, I, I both, you know, all those great points. Um, I think I'm a little bit harder on him because I, I don't think you can bet against Tiger Woods at 55 to one at Augusta. That's a really hard number not to look at plus, And then you put on top, he's uh, almost one to one to make the cut. I think it's minus 115 on yeah. DraftKings. Um, I, I say bet the farm on that. Yeah. I, he's never missed a cut at Augusta. And, I, uh, you know, as long, as long as he doesn't have to play 36 in a day, I think his legs will be fine by Friday. It's, it's the weekend that you're more concerned about. I'll tell you who I feel bad for, uh, are Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman who and got, paired, got paired with him. And I, I will, I'll talk a little bit about Neiman later. I actually really like Neiman this week, but you know, that's just a lot of energy around those guys. So we'll see, uh, we'll see if the adrenaline's kicking in a different uh, kind of gear than, uh, than, than we might've been expecting. So um, well, one more thing. And yeah. before we move on, it's just like, I don't know if you saw somebody tweeted just the, the picture of, of Joaquin Neiman right after impact and his back is like, you know, at like 75 degrees, got a lot of like torque yeah. tiger who has to watch that. 
<laughs> you know, he's probably he might get hurt watching Walking Neiman. This yeah, week. it's interesting how Tiger. I mean, we, uh, I, you would know better than I, but just the way you know they say his club head speed's still pretty, pretty solid, and you can definitely tell he doesn't, he doesn't obviously have the torque that he used to uh, in his younger days. So he must. I mean, that upper body strength. He looks like he's he's really putting a lot of that into the swing and matching that with. Uh, you know, his body with his swing right now at his age, given what he's been through, it's, uh, it'll be impressive if he makes, if he makes a little bit of noise. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit of Augusta. There are a couple of course changes that, that sort of keep popping up. We don't need to dive too deeply into it. This is more just to say, uh, a little bit about the weather, a little bit about, you know, some of the wind that's projected the main, the two main holes that we keep hearing about as being changed are 11 and 15, uh, 11, they took out all the trees on the right-hand side and indications are they've sort of shaved it down a little bit. So it could be more penal if you miss right. Whereas if you bailed out, right, you could still have a shot in on the 11th hole, which does have water in play and is already a very difficult hole. So that'll be really interesting just to see sort of the dynamics of that. Sadly, I did not get to watch a lot of the women's amateur last week, but, uh, I know we got a couple of looks at that, um, as well. And then 15 is just a long par five, uh, waters in play there as well. You saw Hideki almost put one in the water, uh, on Sunday last year on that hole. Made a miraculous. I believe he scrambled to get uh, save bogey on that hole. Um, so that hole has been lengthened as well. So the course is a little bit longer. Uh, we're hearing a lot about the rain that's happened in Georgia uh, that has made this course. The, the runouts might not be um, as dramatic as we've seen in previous years. They do have a sub air system, so there will likely be a really strong bit of firmness to the greens, uh, even though there's supposed to be rain in the forecast for Wednesday, and there's been a lot of rain this year. So, um, all that's to say there are a couple of sort of sticky components to Augusta national, uh, as, and some of them are going to come into a little bit more play uh, for this tournament, especially given the rain and the lengthening of the course. And we'll talk about that in a second, but just kind of curious if you've read anything or had any course impressions that have, that have stuck out to you uh, for this place. That is the only place where we play at the same major every single year in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to start with the fact that 11 is now the par four 11th is now 10 yards longer than the par five 13th, which is, you know, kind of insane. And I think, I think the lengthening to 13 is coming soon. Uh, but uh, but you the biggest change I think really is going to be they moved the pond. The pond used to be at the uh, it, it used to extend right to the level of the front of the green. So it was about as far from your approach as the front of the green. It's now ten yards further. So if you hit one short left, you're in the water now. Mm -hmm. They've also regraded the pitch the approach area on the right. So when you miss it right. Uh, the shot Larry Mize hold to, to beat Greg Norman in the 80s, that shot, you know, they thought it was gone already. Now it's it's dead. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a, it's a much more difficult shot just because of that. And then when you when you look at well, and before I go to 15, the, the tree situation, it is an easier tee shot. But when it's not as intimidating, you have those three. Uh, smaller pine trees that were left there that are going to be strategic. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be interested if someone hits it perfect and ends up right behind one of those, it'll kind of be like the two trees, or I guess just one tree now in the middle of the 18th fairway at Pebble Beach. At Pebble, yeah. Uh, 
but uh, from that right side, and we and we saw Tiger go down there a couple times uh, when he won three years ago, which is crazy to believe that was three years ago now. But uh, he went down that way. You're looking more toward the water when you're on the right side. It's gonna you know, mess with their sight lines a you lot. You want to play. When, you know, this is this is the best tip for somebody. You know, looking to avoid trouble. You want to play from the side of that trouble and hit away from it. So if you play down to the right side of the fairway, you're now playing back toward the trouble and toward the left side, which is where the water is. But also the short right is, or even whole high right is no gamble anymore. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then with 15, 15, I love lengthening that hole. I'm not, I don't think they can lengthen it any further. I think the tee is right on the 10th green now, basically. Um, but that hole needed to be lengthened because the whole idea of 15 is that uh, it was supposed to be a monumental decision to be able to go for that green or not. Now, the last couple of years playing at 530 yards, you had you know, you know not long hitters going for that green into, and you had the long hitters hitting short irons into that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't rare to see somebody hit an eight iron or a nine iron or probably a pitching wedge into that hole. Now they've lengthened it. So that w shouldn't happen as often, you know, we'll see what Bryson wants to do, but, um, uh, and also they've regraded the fairway. So it rewards, it rewards good tee shots. They don't get screwed by going over to the left and being blocked out by the tree as often anymore, because the idea is to hit it as far as you can down the right side. So that is rewarded now. Well, speaking of, uh, hitting it as far as you can, uh, there are a couple of really kind of, I mentioned sticky components of Augusta. Uh, this is the stickiest course history, uh, of any course that's regularly played on the tour. So if you have success here, that is a huge driver in the past of success in the future. Another thing, driving distance. This is one of the most important driving distance courses on tour as well. Accuracy, the fairway is relatively wide. Accuracy doesn't have as much of a premium um, uh, here. Iron play is incredibly important. So uh, that's why and, Tiger Woods has won this event five times. Exactly. And you around know, the green, around the green game as well. But you want to hit these in regulation, very strong undulating greens that'll be incredibly fast. Uh, so, you know, you need to have somebody who can avoid uh, three putts as well and, and have a good short game and be able to go up and down the, the way they're talking the par not going to be the worst score, obviously, uh, as they, as they putts around this week, especially if they're dealing with, uh, windy conditions, slightly softer conditions, um, kind of like what we saw, you know, on the Saturday and, and, and last year when Hideki won. So, um, uh, for the weekend. So I, I definitely, uh, that, that type of stuff was in my long hitters that are very good iron players, uh, that know how to roll the ball a little bit. So, uh, and, sounds and like the optimal golfer. Right I was going to say, we've sound, we've, it's, it's funny when you say that out loud where it's like, yeah, well, obviously you want to hit it far. Uh, it's okay. Far if you're straight. a little errant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, Augusta really does, uh, reward, uh, those types of players and players who have been successful there in the past and players usually who are playing pretty well leading up to it. Uh, guys that are, that are peaking around this time. Hideki was actually uh, a bit of an aberration in his win last year because he, he struggled in the weeks leading up to, uh, the masters, but he 
did what he needed to do and, uh, and, uh, got it done. So, uh, and credit to him for, for winning the tournament last year. So, uh, the one thing yeah. you say about, about bombers and, and, and guys who hit it further, they love when the fairways are soft and the greens are fast because when the fairways are soft, the ball doesn't hit in the fairway and then leave the fairway. Yeah. So it makes it much easier. So long, longer players are going to be more at a, or going to have more of an advantage on a softer golf course. For sure. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's three courses that, uh, my man, Rick, Rick Gaiman kind of brought up and, and that was, uh, the Memorial. So Jack's place in Ohio, um, a lot of correlation between the Genesis in Riviera, um, which I talked a lot about during my preview for Genesis and then Kapalua where, you know, you hit it long and, and you hit decent iron shots and you putt well and, and you get rewarded. So, uh, that's obviously more of a resort style golf course and Augusta is not that, but, uh, just in terms of, and, and obviously you get a good field at the, at the tournament of champions, uh, similar to the masters here. Um, at least being top heavy. So, uh, definitely all, all things that we're sort of considering. So that's sort of what I'm looking at. Are is there anything else? I mean, you touched on it, but is there anything else uh, beyond that to add sticky, sticky course history success there before good form, longer guy, good irons, good around the green, anything else before we start kind of dishing out some names really quickly here, uh, and, and getting to talking to some names with the exception of Jordan and Dustin and Tiger, every winner since uh, 2000, since, uh, well, let's just say 2016, then eliminates Jordan. Every guy is typically in their late 20s, early 30s. Yes. So that is also something to look at. That it's too. not, it's not a young guy. It's, it's a, it's a more, you know, veteran hitting their peak. Never, never a debutante either. Uh, there's only been one debutante uh, to win in the last 40 years. Uh, Zalatoris uh, made a little bit of a run last year. Um, but didn't get it done. And, uh, yeah, it's just good to have some familiarity, uh, around the place. Obviously it's why we, we see success happen from the same guys over and over again. So, all right. So here's what we are, are going to do. I, I, I want to start with guys that you think can't win. Uh, we, we each came up with two or three names. We'll kind of tick through them and give our, our reasons why. But, um, the thing we have to know about this field is that it's, 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 there aren't a lot of guys that can win. Uh, the, the list isn't very long. We've got a handful of amateurs. We've got a handful of past champions that, you know, God bless, you know, Bernhard Langer and, and Freddie couples and your boy, Sandy Lyle for, for getting out there and, and still, still kicking and, and enjoying the walk. But, uh, there aren't realistic chances that they can, they can win the golf tournament. Uh, well, that's, so yeah. that's, that's the whole reason behind the tradition. Unlike any other, yes, you know, you it know, is. You, there's no other Sandy Lyle rolls those overalls out and lets us, uh, lets us see, uh, uh, what, what it's done, what, what we can maybe look like when we're playing, uh, in, in uh, a couple dozen years from now. So, so with all that said, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it just, there's a shorter list of guys that can win. It's we've talked about, it's not, you know, this isn't, it's not the toughest tournament to handicap. It's, it's just, you know, who's going to be hot, who's going to play well. And, you know, we, we know kind of the mold of the golfer, uh, that's going to be able to do it. So with that said, I want to start with, with guys who, who you think can't win just guys that for whatever reason or another, and we can alternate here. I'll let you go first. Just that. Yeah. You kind of, uh, you know, it's a big name, but, but it doesn't really get you going. So you go first. 
Number one, Scotty Scheffler, world number one. Ooh. Uh, yeah. He's I, one of I my think... favorites that can win. We've got great okay. disagreement, great radio. Go on, you go first. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. But I just think four wins and six starts, we're, we're, that's talking Tiger level. This guy didn't have a win, you know, two, two months ago. Is, is it still two months ago? Yeah, two months ago. He did not have a tour win. He really hasn't contended in majors very much. He has finished top three, or sorry, top 10 in the last three majors, but he wasn't really a fact. No one was, they were kind of, one of them was a backdoor top 10. The other ones, he wasn't really in it, if, if, if that makes sense. And he's, only, he's got two top 20s uh, at the Masters. Both are, you know, I think they're, I think it's a tied 18th and a tied 19th. And I'm just going to say he's probably got so much pressure on him. He's the new world number one. He, he's, you know, there's so many guys that can still catch him uh, to win, to be, if they win, they become world number one. You know, I, I just think he hasn't had the experience contending in a major yet that I think you need at Augusta. Do you so, want to, do you want to say now why you think he can win? Is that, is, that, do, that do feels like that? good radio. Uh, here's why I think Scotty Scheffler can win. There are a couple of reasons why he's been a gainer across the board, uh, except for off the tee. And as we've said, strokes gained off the tee, not as important of a statistic in this tournament. His driving distance is still way up there. He can be slightly errant, uh, but he hits it a long way. His iron play has been phenomenal. His iron play from distance has been phenomenal, 175 to 225, especially lately. And obviously he's hot. I think he's a guy that really benefits from Tiger being there. I think he's a guy that still, he's the number one player in the world, but he is still flying under the radar. You don't win three tournaments with the fields that he uh, won in without having some sort of moxie that we all came to know in the Ryder cup last year. I just think, I think he's in just a perfect position. He's hot as all hell right now doing everything. Well, the one thing he isn't doing great, it doesn't matter as much in this tournament. And then one other factor that I really think is important. I'm going to come up. This is going to come up with another guy too. The Ted Scott factor. Mm-hmm. His caddy was Bubba's caddy. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's finished uh, top 20 in both of the, his last two starts here. He's a better golfer right now. And now on the bag, he has somebody who knows how to, how to win on this golf course and knows some of the intricacies of this golf course. You can, you can think that Ted Scott's played a huge factor in some of his, his wins thus far this year. Clearly they have a good relationship. Clearly it's working. And, and he's just, I, I, I have him on my list to win because I thought people would have them on their list to not be able to win. So uh, thank you very much for helping uh, mm-hmm. prove this point. No, I, 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 I I, those are the reasons I think Scotty can win. I, I just, I, I think, I think he's a number one guy who's not getting a lot of attention and is playing obviously extraordinarily well and isn't afraid of the moment that he's in and recognizes that this is going pretty well. And I think he can continue to do so. So um, mm-hmm. there's, there's, I do not Scotty like pitch. him at plus 1200. If you can get him higher than that. Well, you know, those, tw- plus 1200 is plus 1200 is, is a tough number, but it's going to, you're going to get those types of numbers. Uh, Cause I think, yeah. I think the industry is pretty yeah. sharp on, on uh on that as well so, odds makers know what they're talking about precisely precisely all right who's your second guy that you think uh can't win patrick cantley FedEx cup champion from a year ago we 
he, you know, he's had a couple of good showings this year, but his last three starts tied 33rd at Genesis. Riviera is, of course, you just mentioned is, you know, guys who succeed there succeed at Augusta. He did not play very well. He missed the cut at the players and he tied for 26 at the match play. I'm not sure if that I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how that I worked. I don't think he made it players, out of his but, group. No, yeah. I know he, he clearly didn't make yeah, it out yeah, of his yeah. group. I don't know why, how, how you get tied 26. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, and those are the only three times he's played since mid-February. So he uh-huh. hasn't been playing much. Um, he's only ha- in his career in Augusta, which he's he's been around a lot longer than you realize. I'm, I'm trying to remember when it was he shot 60 as an amateur. I want to say that was like somewhere between 2010 and 2012. But he's been around for a good while now. He's only have he only has two top twenties at Augusta, and the the thing he's got going for him though is that he's playing par fives better than anyone else on tour this year, and that is where success comes from at um, Augusta with those four very reachable par fives. That being said, the 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 form is not there coming in. I, and I, and yeah, plus 2,500. I just, I'm, I'm not touching that. Yeah. You know, he had it and it, 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 it almost feels like his moment kind of passed him by as it relates to this tournament. He is, he's a stud at Memorial. Uh, he played, you know, he was unstoppable in, in January, early February, obviously he loses to Scotty in the, uh, waste management, uh, playoff. And that's kind of the last we heard from him. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he just hasn't played that much. He hasn't, it it hasn't been super inspiring lately. Uh, he's a guy that I loved in the masters last year and got burned by him. So I, uh, I, I understand the, the sort of the hesitance and yeah, I completely understand. He's not a guy that you look at as being an in incredible form. Uh, so I, I, I understand and, and agree with you there as, as a, as a name, I didn't have him on my list. So um, I, I think that's a good one as well. I realized I didn't give you my uh, first one uh, guy who can't win. Uh, oh, we're all alternating. We'll okay, alternate. Got it, got it. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was my back. Cause we went on this Scheffler tangent. Um, Victor Hovland is a name that I am just going to hold fire on. It's that's, interesting because uh, that's he's on my list that can that can't. There we go. Here we go. This, this is, is great. Perfect. So we didn't know arrange this. Um, everybody loves talking about Victor's short game and how it is a shortcoming of his. And you know, I, I'm I'm hesitant to put him on this list. Um, first of all, he doesn't have a ton of experience around Augusta. I'm also hesitant to put him on the list because he had a pretty good showing at Genesis. And if we're if our theory is that Riviera and um Augusta have a lot of similarities then, you know, and there's a premium on, on short game, then I definitely think uh, it might not be a good idea to have him on this list. That said, I think what we saw at the API out of him um, with just, obviously, you know, those greens were borderline unfair, but I just think when the pressure was on and, and he needed to, to, you know, he, he struck the ball incredibly well off the tee and with his irons. I mean, he hit greens and regulation like crazy at Genesis, but when it was off with him at API and he needed to scramble and make ups and downs, he, he just, he couldn't get it done. And, and like I said, those greens were wild and lightning fast, but we're going to see a lot of that here with a lot of undulation. And I just, I just think that there's a world where, um, all of the flaws of his around the green game really do get exacerbated at Augusta, assuming that 
you know, his, his irons are slightly off. Now, look, he could go hit the middle of every single green this week in regulation and, and make enough birdie putts to, to put himself in, in contention. But I just, I just see a world where there are a lot of variables, a lot of longer iron shots that we might see because of some of the conditions that just makes me a little bit hesitant to, to, to feel comfortable taking him. So he's just a guy that, you know, maybe a year or two from now when, when he gets his iron, a short, short game together a little bit more, I'll feel like this is a place he can win. I feel like he will win uh, again at some point this year, but I just, I just don't see it for him this week. Why do you like him? Um, I, 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 you know, I totally, totally understand that you're, when you pick Victor Hovland, you're basically betting on whether he's either going to, um, hit the ball so good, his short game is irrelevant, or he's going to have a good short game week. Cause let's face it, you know, when you say a guy has a bad short game on tour, I mean, he could go out to any country club in the it's world, relative. throw it's down a thousand dollars and beat anybody in an up and down contest. That's why but, strokes. That's why it's called strokes gained against the field exactly. and not, not exactly. you. Victor, if you're exactly. listening, you're not just know that I love and respect you and would not want to challenge you around a short game contest. But yeah, you know, if you, gave, if you gave Hovey, if you gave Hovey 14 greens around here, I think he would probably win by five shots. Um, you know, he is really hot with his irons right now. He's third in strokes gained approach. And the other thing I really like about him is he let, he, he only finished, I think tied 21st last year, but he led the field in par five scoring. So you take, you take that par five scoring and you repeat that and you, you know, have a little bit closer to the average scoring on the par fours and the par threes. And I think you've got a recipe for a potential champion right there. So that, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hot and cold with him. It's all based on whether he gets it, hits it good and hits it good enough to ignore his chipping or he chips good that week. All right. So, so um, why don't you give somebody you don't I will. like? You're, again. Just yeah. so we're clear, your not wins are uh, Cantlay and Scheffler. Mine thus far is Hovland. Uh, the other guy, uh, and and I'm not I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying this. There is no way I'm touching Bryson DeChambeau this week. I I it's obvious I know, but he's just he didn't hit driver last week in San Antonio. He misses the cut. Uh, nothing looks crisp about his game. And sure, he can hit it a long way, but he's clearly still hurt. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking Bryson's going to make noise, I feel very comfortable telling you, I just don't see it. Uh, might he make the cut? Sure. I'm not betting any of these guys to miss the cut because that's a bit of a crapshoot. But um, I'm just I'm I'm not. That's a game I'm not playing right now. Maybe I will later on in the in the in the golf season. So any quick. He, Bryson is, he is the most practiced at, at hitting a hitting a ball with a pool bat on the greens at Augusta. That's, that's all he's got going for him though. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm staying away. So, uh, and who's your third, uh, who's your third guy that you think can't win? Uh, Brooks. Is Brooks on your list? Brooks was a guy that I thought, uh, as a favorite could win, but, uh, I originally planned on having him there, but go ahead. Make the anti Brooks case. Yeah, frankly, I don't know why he is of such a favorite this this year. I feel like he's he's overhyped, which, you know, when Brooks Kepka is overhyped, that's the biggest motivator for him. Um, but or when people say he's overhyped or something like that. But uh, he's got three missed cuts this year, five this season. 
and only two top tens all, all year. We're talking 2022. He missed the cut last year. Granted, he wasn't healthy. And he finished in the top 10 the two years prior to that. But I just, I just don't see the form. I, I frankly don't see the form. He's, he's ha- has all these missed cuts. He really hasn't contended in uh, since I don't, excuse me. I don't believe he has contended since last calendar year, really in any event. Uh, I just, frankly, you know, he's, he's still adjusting to his new equipment. You know, he's, he's now playing a Shrixon ball and he's, playing tricks on equipment and that's a especially the ball is a bigger deal than than most people realize you know when um when ricky fowler won in phoenix you know shortly after switching to a new ball that was kind of amazing Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago but i really think it's 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 tough for him to overcome his form right now so it's in you know the the conversation about his form is an interesting one. I just pulled up his player page on uh, rickrungood.com. He finishes tied for third at the waste management, but it felt like a bit of a, you know, he yeah, it was not well, he a had two- won the previous year too. Yeah, won the previous year there. Then the next week goes out and misses the cut at the Genesis Invitational, which is the reason I was original. I cooled on him a little bit was, you know, just knowing uh, he was really bad off the tee. Uh, his, his around the green game was good. His short game was good, but everything else uh, fell, fell pretty flat. Then he goes out to the, the Genesis, uh, the Honda classic finishes tied for 16th there. Uh, wasn't, you know, necessarily in contention there, but uh, you know, a top 20 there and, and, writes some of the wrongs from, from the Genesis. Uh, people were kind of surprised he even played the Honda classic. Um, and then misses the cut at the players. He's on the wrong side of the draw, uh, as it relates to the, the wind and the conditions there. And then he finishes 12th at the Valspar and makes a run in the match play. So, you know, you can make the, in my mind, you can make the, the form argument kind of either way, but uh, for me, it was it was the performance at at the Genesis that just made me wonder if you know maybe, you know maybe the the right parts of his game aren't crisp enough for for a good performance at Augusta. Um, that said, he was playing on one leg last year, and uh, I, I, I you know he's healthy and he's he's a big game hunter. So I think that's something to to definitely be reckoned with. But like I said, I I, I think I, the, I didn't I feel passionate the, the, either way. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the I think the, the the definite breaking point for me is the miscuts, coupled with the fact that his odds are so are yeah. so high. You know, plus two plus two thousand is yeah. very very short for someone who's had three miscuts this year and five this season. Yeah. Um, the last guy that I had uh, that that isn't uh, a huge name, but uh, uh, Daniel Berger. Uh, is a guy that always gets a lot of love for being a really good ball striker um, and, and a re- have, a, have a really good around the full game. Um, I uh, have read a couple things about ball flight being important, just needing to be able to hit a long, high, piercing ball flight. And he's not the longest guy, and he doesn't hit the ball incredibly high. And I just worry that that's with elevation changes and um, and a lot of things on this course that it might not be a good fit for him. He missed the cut last year. He doesn't have a ton of experience around this. He famously uh, was not in the field despite being a top 20 player uh, for the fall masters. I believe that Dustin Johnson won. So um, I, I just, I just, he's a guy that, that always gets a little bit of buzz for, for, for being such a solid all around player, but I'm not sure I trust him at Augusta uh, yet. 
at this point. So uh, I agree. I agree completely. I also think he's got that a little bit of rules controversy following him recently yeah. with yeah. Uh, the players, and then again at um, at the match play. Uh, the, it's it's interesting you bring up his ball flight. He, I believe he's he's either got the lowest launch or the lowest apex on tour. Brandle did a, a magnificent breakdown on his game uh, because he's gone from someone who hit the ball very far and not so straight um, with having a very high launch and a very high apex to flipping it. And now he hits it much straighter, doesn't hit it quite as far, but he's got one of the lowest um, – the lowest launches or lowest apexes with a spin rate. You know, now we're getting really technical here, but a spin rate that is higher because you, you, you know, everyone wants to get high launch and, and high launch and low spin. That's the key for best distance. That's not how you hit it straight, though. How you hit it straight is low launch, high spin. That allows you to hit a more controlled ball. It's actually something I'm talking about with, you know, with my clubs right now. But, nice. you know, that's... Um, you know, I, 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 I think that's a good point that I hadn't thought of though, is that, you know, it, it is, you need to hit a high ball because even if it's going to be wet, you know, it, it's still going to be Augusta. They're going to, you know, turn, crank up the sub air and it's going to get firmer. And especially if the wind blows uh, on Friday and Saturday. And it's, it's been interesting to see how the pricing has changed, but I mean, you know, Berger's 48 to one, he's the same odds as tiger, Matt Fitzpatrick and Tony okay. now and Uz Tyson. So, um, just kind of interesting to see, that, but... see where that range is. Yeah. For, for 48 to, to one, uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, there's a guy, two spots below him that I like a lot more, uh, that, uh, I don't think I brought him up. Yeah. Russell Henley. All right, I really, so let's... Oh, okay. I, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. So yeah, uh, let's talk about so who we'd like now. Your, your guys, uh, can't lay Scheffler and Brooks are your kind of don't love them. Mine are Hovland Bryson and Daniel Berger. All right. We are going to go through guys that we really do like. So, uh, aside from Hovland and Scheffler, who we've I was going to say, about, we've yeah. already crossed those off. So give me, give me a guy you really like this week. Oh, okay. So th- these first two guys are kind of the same, uh, but JT, Justin Thomas is, it seems like he's playing about as well as anybody not named Scotty Scheffler right now. He's five for six, he's six for six in cuts at Augusta. He's five for six in top 25s. He's also playing the par fives very, very well. He's top three, he's tied for third on tour. Uh, and his finish at the Masters has improved every year until last year. He was in the top 10 in 2020 granted that was the fall masters and then last year he he took a little bit of step back i think he was in the top 20 or, or well, top he made 25, he got or he, he was in the top the, 25 the rain delay messed with him because he he came back out and made a triple and right ejected himself from the tournament on that saturday so uh there's an argument to be made that he was he was right in the thick of it as well. JT is my first name of guys that I like as well. Uh, you take off- with, with softer conditions. I think that's going to make him be more aggressive. And when you, when he plays aggressively, he, his results speak for themselves. One of the best, I mean, the best iron player, one of the best iron players in the world. Um, his last finishes, uh, as we talk about, uh, we, he's got the course history that you just touched on in terms of form, uh, finished fifth at the tournament of champions, 20th at the farmers, eighth at the waste management, sixth at the Genesis, 33rd at the players, uh, had the best round of the tournament, arguably though, in, in being part of the, the bad draw third at the Valspar and, I don't put much stock in the match play. So, um, 
he's made the cut every year he's played Augusta. He's gotten better every single year. One of the things that was been the biggest knock on him is his inability to putt his last 12 rounds. He's gaining strokes with the putter. So, and he's got a pretty good around the green game that, that, that doesn't get a lot of attention. So, I, the conditions. I think we all remember the shot on the back nine at Quail Hollow when he won the PGA, though. That chip him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't exactly, but I will take the credit <laughs> that it was a great shot. No. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the conditions just feel he's 14 to one. That's not a number that I usually mess with, but I, I've, he's getting a lot of love and I, I think it's absolutely warranted. I mean, the, the statistical case for JT is, is plain. And, and that's definitely uh, something I'm, I'm considering as well. Uh, so we're, the we're only, yeah. The only knock against him is that he's not a first time mate. He would not be a first time major champ. He's already a major champion as, yeah. as you know, I just said, um, but you know, that's not to say, you know, major champions obviously do win at Augusta. So that's not a total knock on him. Uh, so I, yeah, I think he's playing about as well as anybody. And, you know, this is a good course for him. The other, uh, factor with him that, uh, relates to my Scotty, uh, point is, is bones, uh, being on his bag again, and just the, the impact that that could have again, first year on the bag, uh, of, of by bones. I, I just, I just think those are things that you have to consider. I, 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 uh, I think that's a factor. You're talking about a guy who's in good form, who's gotten better at the Masters every year, and oh, by the way, uh, has a Masters champion uh, winning caddy uh, on the bag for him for the first time this year. So um, uh, another reason I love him. So we're on we're on page, uh, the same page with that. And then who's your second guy? Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna guess that he's on your list too. Is Cam Smith? He is not. I, I, okay. I did not put cam on there and I don't have a good reason why he's definitely in the can win category of these, of this bucket of, of players that I absolutely think can win. Um, I just, I just, the putting, I mean, I, I, you know, can he keep this short game magic up? He, uh, isn't as long off the tee. Uh, as I thought he was, uh, and slightly errant, uh, obviously that's not been a problem for him at Augusta and wasn't a problem for him at Kapalua. Um, wasn't a problem for him at the players, uh, was a problem for him at the Northern trust last year when he sprayed one, right. Uh, and, and basically gave Tony Finau, uh, that tournament, um, shout out Tony Finau, but yeah, uh, yeah. Walk me through, walk me through your, your cam Smith case very quickly. So we, I, I kind of alluded to it, but he also fits, he fits the mold of a, of a first time major champion in his late twenties. So that take that, put that aside. He's number two in par five scoring this year. That is so key at Augusta when you have all four par fives being reachable, 15 still very reachable. It's all, it's still the, the, the second shortest par five on the golf course. So he is still going to be able to reach that hole. Eight is, I guess, I guess the, probably the longest I think statistically eight is the toughest par five um but still Cam Smith hits a draw and can get it up the hill and around that corner um hits a draw on uh 13 hits a draw on two so that is always great um and then you know he's finished top 10 in three out of the last four masters including tied for second in 2020 granted 2020 can be can be looked at as a little bit of an outlier since it was played in November but you know, you still had a very worthy champion in Dustin Johnson. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. would argue that that was a fluke. 
Uh, and I, I think, you know, he's got the record, you know, he's got, you know, he certainly doesn't have the form of JT or Scotty Scheffler, but he's still playing well this year. I'm not sure what his FedEx cup rank is right now. I think I had it closed. No, you don't, you don't have, you don't have to sell me on the form argument with Cam Smith. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I fully, fully Mm -hmm. understand, you know, I'm on the same page with you there. Yeah. And he's, he's not a favorite, you know, he's not like a, you know, a plus 1000, like a John Rom. He's not a plus 1200, like a J you know, I really, really love him at plus 1400 there. Um, Speaking of John Rahm, I, and I know it's so we haven't ob- talked about him. I know it's so obvious, but he he's one of the guys that I I it wouldn't you know I I think is he your third guy? Is he, he is my guy? third guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scheffler, Scheffler, JT, and Rahm were my guys. Um, I'm not reinventing the wheel by saying I really like John Rahm to win the golf tournament, but uh, f- fourth, ninth, seventh, and fifth at Augusta the last four years, the only guy to to top ten uh, for for four straight. Uh, incredible driver of the golf ball this year. Uh, amazing tee to green, uh, eighth in driving distance. So that alone, just, just his, his ability to do what he needs to, to do off the tee, uh, is something that I love his irons and his short game. Haven't been as good as, as he peak when, when he was number one, or even earlier in this year, uh, at Torrey Pines, for example. But, uh, I definitely see a world where he's been rough with his putter. Um, but I think he's, you know, there's a lot of theories out there that, you know, green reading books were banned this year and maybe he relied on them a little bit more Well, there, there were never were any at Augusta and there aren't obviously any this year. Um, I think that his overall talent, as well as a clear familiarity with, uh, those, those putting greens put just makes me think that the combination of that him feeling like he's got something to prove, he knows what's out there about, uh, just losing that number one spot and, and, um, you know, questions about whether or not he's, he's this elite guy because of an inability to, to win. Uh, but he's contended and he's been in the form that you might want to be in, uh, to, to, uh, put yourself in a good position to win at Augusta. So, um, like I said, it's not, I'm not, reinventing the wheel by saying the guy who was number one for the better part of the last year uh, is going to, is going to win at Augusta. But I just think there's an added factor with him that, that makes me think that um, this could be a week where he, he, you know, silences the critics, takes back number one and, uh, and gets the job done. So any ROM thoughts before we quickly tick through some longer shot guys. I I do love ROM and I, I love his game. Uh, but the one thing you'll notice about, uh, and I do have one more guy I really like, and, and just be quick, but you'll notice every one of, of the guys I have hits a draw. And uh, Rom does, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's certainly, he certainly can hit a draw, but he certainly maybe struggles with it more than the fade. Not, not to say he's not a tremendous driver. I've heard insane stories about him testing equipment and him hitting 10 balls with the new Callaway driver and um, his spin Delta was like within 300 RPM each, each shot. Mm-hmm. It was, or no, I think it was like a hundred. It was, it was just insane. Yeah. Um, you know what he was doing. So, you know, I certainly like him. I just don't like picking. I just don't like picking faders of the golf ball at, at Augusta. You know, the obvious, the obvious outlier there is Jack Nicholas, but you know, yeah, that's, um, all right. And who was your last one that you wanted to bring up? And then we, we will get out of here soon on uh, a couple of yeah, uh, yeah, longer yeah. shot names. Go ahead. Rory. 
We didn't talk about Rory. And we, you know, that's the exact reason why I like him this year. Cause he's got, he's got the longest odds he's had since 2011. Do you remember what happened in 2011? At Augusta? At Augusta. That was the year he was leading and then blew up on the back nine. But granted, he had played so well to that point, Mm -hmm. you know, and then he won his first major, you know, in the the summer. Um, So it's his longest odds. So, you know, you mentioned the Tiger factor with Scotty Scheffler taking some pressure. I think that does the same thing for Rory. And then uh, in the majors since the beginning of 2015, uh, he's 34 over in round one. And then he is 60 under in rounds two through four. Mm. That is third among um, uh, among all players since 2015. Do you want to guess who one and two are? I know Brooks is number one. Brooks is number one. And then number two, JT? Uh, Jordan Spieth. Spieth. Heard of him. Yeah. So, yeah. So th- those two have won combined seven majors since then. So, well, you know, there's a lot of names that we, that we left out uh, just as, you know, guys that we like um, that are, that are sort of the favorites. Spieth uh, is a guy that I, you know, I, he always Spieth, performs I think well he's got here. too much going on in his head right now. Had apparently. an amazing he's Sunday. Clearly had an amazing Sunday at Valero, but his putter was the part that failed him. And that's usually, you know, his, his best attribute, but I like, your, I think he's I just- like, go ahead. I think he's just clearly making a swing change right now. And I'm, I'm confused on the timing into that, but you know, for the first half of last year, he was one of the best players in the world. I like your Rory point. Uh, His, some of his iron shots last week just made me a little nervous. And I think that was even, you know, distance line, the whole part, part of that was, but he's an elite driver of the golf ball. So who knows if he, if he's a little better with his irons and does what he can do on the greens and around the greens, uh, it could be a, a popping week for him. So, uh, but he, he would fit that bill of kind of how Hideki, we thought about Hideki last year of just not, not a great tournament, not a great showing, nothing to really inspire you. And then boom. Um, and, and that's certainly in the realm of possibility. So, um, and the other guy we didn't talk about just very quickly is Morikawa, not the longest guy, incredibly accurate the best iron player, one of the best iron players in the world, putts relatively well at Augusta, um, had a great performance at the Genesis. So uh, he's just another guy that you can't really sleep on. And if he's going to be in the twenties, then uh, you, you kind of, you know, much, much like he was about 40 to one at the, at the open championship last year, it's almost like 25 uh, knowing what he's capable of uh, feels like uh, almost like a must bet. So um, that's, that's a guy that I like as well. So, okay. No, nothing out of there. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, we will do a rapid fire on this. Any guys further down the board uh, that just kind of excite you and and give me one one or two lines on on why we'll trade these back and forth and then we'll we'll discuss some of the ones uh, at, at the end. So you go ahead. Uh, Jay Rose, Justin Rose, uh, plus six hundred to top ten, plus eight thousand to win. Uh, he finished seventh last year. And he does have two top tens this year, this Sim- season, I should say. Similar type of guy for me. Love Adam Scott. An unbelievable course history uh, at Augusta. Uh, played very well at the Genesis, if you wanted to look at that. He finished fourth there earlier this year. Driving distance, uh, older guy, but still hits it a long way. Uh, iron play is also very good. Hasn't missed a cut since 2010 uh, at Augusta. So, uh, he, he, I believe made the cut and finished last of everybody who made the cut last year. Um, but, uh, certainly a, a guy with good course history. Who's your next one? Uh, for Frankie Molinari, uh, mm. ha- no, we just have, he ha- the form hasn't been there, 
Uh, but 2019, when he finished uh, in the top 10 and, you know, challenged Tiger on the back nine uh, was only three years ago. You know, his open championship was only four years ago. He's finished top 10 at the Amex this year. Uh, and he finished tied for 13th in the U.S. Open last year. Uh, so, you know, plus 1,600 to top 10, plus 25,000 to win. Uh, I like that a lot. Love it. Uh, Shane Lowry is my next guy. Uh, not a high ball flight guy as well. Uh, doesn't necessarily hit it the longest way, but he's uh, arguably in the best form of anybody besides Scotty. Uh, is what the numbers bear out uh, just in terms of consistent, strong performance, incredibly uh, strong iron player right now, great around the greens. His, his putters led him astray a bit at Augusta, uh, but he's putting the ball relatively well right now. Um, good reputation for a wind, good wind player, second at the Honda, 13th at the players, 12th at the Valspar. Uh, he, he's just kind of all over it, hitting the ball really well right now. Uh, another guy that I like. Uh, next one for you, if you have one. Very similar pick, uh, Robert McIntyre. Mm. Uh, just good because finish last year. The, the good British finish player. last good, year. Yeah, tied for 12th last year, uh, and he's left-handed. That, uh, you know, we've got how many champions – uh, at the Masters, who are left-handed, uh, left-handed, and of course Anna Davis just won the Augusta National Women's Am as a left-hander. Uh, so you know, plus eleven thousand to win, plus seven fifty top ten. I really like that. I really like that top ten. All right, my last. And guy. then I, I've go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know you had another one. Go no, ahead. I've got I've got one more. And the, uh, Luke List is the other guy. Uh, hits it a very very long way. Has been very very good with his irons. Hasn't played here since two thousand five, if I'm understanding that correctly. Uh, so his win at uh, Torrey Pines uh, gets him into this field. Um, hasn't been in the best form, but obviously has the win. And if he puts to close to a zero, that's obviously been a big weakness for him. And, and he's able to put the ball away out there. He, he's just a guy that I think could benefit from distance being a huge advantage and he hits a lot of greens in regulation. So, uh, if, if this ends up being a bit of a grind, uh, because of the weather and some of the course conditions and the firmness, I think that's something that could, that could potentially benefit Luke list. So he's a guy that I like a, a long way down the board, similar kind of ilk. And again, I know I'm just kind of picking winners from earlier this year, but, uh, Sepp Straka hits, hits, if he drives the ball, uh, well at all, uh, his irons have been, uh, decent, but not great lately. If, but his short game has been very good. So I, I believe I remembering that correctly. So, um, he's just another guy that I, I think could be interesting. He he's one of those guys that I love for like a first round leader, uh, type pop. I might, I might throw a little money on that. So, um, yeah. And, and any final names for you and then we'll get out of here. Well, it's unfortunate. Charlie Hoffman's not playing Shock. because that's always, he that's won me always, a pool. Uh... He won me a pool with an ACE on 16 when, uh, um, the year Patrick Reed won. So I appreciated his, his hole in one on that, on his fourth round, but yeah, it is, it is a shame. We won't see him because he usually goes pretty well around here. Although he always goes well around San Antonio and missed the cut last week. So who knows, you know, so if you've got, if, if anyone has any money left in their, you know, in their accounts after making all these bets, throw a dollar on Bernhard Langer at plus 10,000, a thousand to one. I mean, come on. He's, he's 64 years old, but come on. I feel like he always has a good first round. And you know what? You know, I, I don't know what his number. I think he's of all the guys who on DraftKings who are uh, plus 10,000, he's got the lowest uh, or the shortest odds to, to top 10. I think it's like plus plus 25,000. Do it. 
My, yeah. uh, do, do, what do you got to lose? My lowest odds guy. I mean, I struck as 280 to one. Uh, McKenzie Hughes at 350 to one is probably uh, the, the, the lowest chance I'd take for, for a dollar or two if I was if I was feeling frisky. But look, there's a case to be made for every guy. There's a lot of guys we didn't talk about that I really like. Taylor Gooch, uh, great iron player. Um, Russell Henley is is a stud, a, a stud at Augusta. Um, is, 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 he's one of the best iron players statistically uh, thus far this year. And he's also, I think Justin Ray said, the second best putter at Augusta the last uh, couple of years. So um, if he's, if he's cooking and he's, he's had the potential to cook uh, that could be an interesting name as well, but you know, it's the masters. It's a short field. It's the best players. You can make a case for the guys you like. We've talked about probably 15 or 20 names and some of them were not names that, uh, that, that could still win. Uh, but, but we didn't leave too many out. I think. We did leave Dustin Johnson. Now we don't have to talk about him, but I just want to note that we did leave the master's champion from two years ago out. Yeah. Really so, look, just interesting. Better, yeah. better form. Good. Corey Connors, another guy, Sam Burns, debutante, Zalatoris almost won last year. We, you know, it's mm-hmm. Z- Xander. We didn't talk I think, about. I think There's Sam Burns. Now. I mean, come Sam on. Burns is probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam so. Burns, Shoffley. Yeah. That's, that's crazy that we didn't talk about them, but that just goes to show you there's, there's kind of a formula to, to who, you know, who's expected to win there. Well, but certainly, Tom, you know, just Tom, Shoffley almost won last year. When Tom Hoagie wins, we'll uh, we'll come back and uh, just pick Hoagie, but blindly. For yeah, our yeah. Podcast. I think if if I'm on the pod and Tom Hoagie wins this week, is he even playing? Oh, he he's got to be playing. Yeah, he is. got to be because he won. Yeah, he's got to yeah. be playing. I'm like, if Tom Hoagie wins this week, then we know every time I'm on the podcast, Tom Hoagie is going to be one. Jack Hirsch, thanks for cutting it up, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. This was good chatter, and uh, I will be glued to my television watching nothing but the green screen and the dulcet tones of uh of of birds chirping and jim nance uh telling me all the good stuff so thanks so much for uh for joining t's and td's and uh good luck with the bets